Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, November 13th, 2022. And today, we listen in as Jesus challenges his followers about how their faith would be practiced in the future, and we consider what that might hold for us today. Let's begin with a reading from the Gospel of Luke. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. Then they asked Jesus, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then Jesus said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify— So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish, By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Word of the Lord. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. I'd like to begin today with a little admission. I genuinely enjoy being a part of a faith tradition that worships using a lectionary because it forces us to look at a wide range of biblical texts. In the span of three years, we read through most of Scripture and don't limit ourselves to passages that we find easy or that support our own favorite agendas. Some passages are more familiar than others like the parable of the Good Samaritan or the Christmas and Easter stories. There are others that require a little bit more research so that we can understand them in their original context and then work to apply them in our own lives. This morning's Gospel reading is a good example of the latter. Luke describes a scene in which Jesus and the disciples were at the temple in Jerusalem. As they were walking through the temple complex, Luke describes that some of the disciples were admiring the beauty of the temple building. They were chatting about the beauty of the stonework and all the gifts that people had given to the temple in dedication to God. 
Jesus responded by telling them that the day would come when not one stone would be left upon another and that all would be thrown down. Can you imagine how Jesus' words would have sounded to those who first heard them? That such a beautiful building would be torn down. Well, when most people read this text today, they understand that this part of Jesus' response is a prediction of the Roman destruction of the temple in A.D. 70, about 35 years after Jesus spoke these words. Jesus' prediction eventually came true. The temple was almost entirely destroyed, and all that remains is a small portion of one wall. Jesus went on to predict that the disciples would face betrayal and persecution, and that if they held firm, they would have a spiritual reward. Each of those predictions also came true. Now, you might be wondering how the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem almost 2,000 years ago connects to our modern church. Our Gospel reading for today contains some elements that many of us might be able to relate to today. Christchurch Kettleby has the intimate feel of a country church constructed of intricate stonework and beautiful stained glass windows. The interior of St. Mary Magdalene Schomburg has a different yet equally welcoming feel, and her walls are also lined with beautiful stained glass depictions of biblical stories. Whenever people tell me how beautiful our buildings are, I have to agree completely. They stand as a monument to the faith of previous generations and to our own. Whenever someone marvels over the beauty of our buildings, I also hear echoes of Luke's words that some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. Today's Gospel reading challenges us to examine the relationship that we have to the buildings in which we worship. Take away our windows, our woodwork, our tapestries, our prayer books, our organ, and our music, and who are we as people of faith? Do any of these things truly define who we are as people of faith, or are they simply expressions of our love and faith in God? Roughly 3,500 years ago, God told Moses to gather artisans together so that they might build the tabernacle, a kind of mobile precursor to the temple in Jerusalem. The idea was to gather together all kinds of skilled craftsmen so that they might build something beautiful that would honor God. In the centuries since, faithful people have been building places of worship, not only as gathering places, but also because we believe that God can be honored by our offering of beauty. However, there is a very real danger in confusing the destination with the vehicle that brings us closer into God's presence. The danger lies when our beautiful buildings become the object of our devotion, rather than a vehicle that turns our attention toward God. This was at the heart of Jesus' caution when he predicted the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. It's a caution that we would do well to hear today. Last week, we spoke about two different groups within first-century Judaism. There were the Pharisees, who were a middle-class sect that believed in the law, various interpretations of the Torah, 
resurrection of the dead, and life after death. There were also the Sadducees, who were generally wealthier, believed in the Torah, temple ritual, and sacrifice for purity, and they definitely did not believe in resurrection or the afterlife. If you look across the landscape of modern Judaism, the Sadducees have become extinct. Once the temple was destroyed, there was no longer a place to perform the required sacrifices. The sacrificial system was the key to how the Sadducees understood their faith, and when there was no temple, the Sadducees could no longer practice their faith, and they died out. The Sadducees offer a sober warning against allowing our faith to become too tightly bound to our buildings. Over the last two and a half years, Many of us have wrestled with this lesson ourselves as we experienced wave after wave of COVID-19. During that time, we have had to learn how to be church without the ability to gather in a building. We have found ways to pray, to worship, and to continue to be a family of faith despite the unwelcome situation. But are there any lessons that we can learn from that difficult time? Thanks be to God, we have been able to gather together again and worship in surroundings that are as familiar as they are beautiful. Although we are able to return to our buildings, let's not forget the people that are beyond our walls. They may never darken the doorsteps of the, our churches, but their needs should never be far from our minds or our hearts. It's a reminder to keep the main thing the main thing, not allowing ourselves to be sidetracked or distracted by things that are secondary. What is the main thing, you might ask? I once read that the Diocese of Toronto defines its mission as serving Christ's mission through compassionate service, intelligent faith, and godly worship. Others put it more simply, that as Christians, we are to know Christ and to make Christ known to others. Our art, our buildings, our music, and essentially everything that we do as a faith community come into service of this goal of either deepening our own faith or fostering the Christian faith in other people. The real beauty of this place or any place of worship doesn't lie in the building or the contents. It exists in each of us and how we connect with God and with each other. We are in the last few weeks of this calendar year. It won't be long before the first snowfall, before Christmas, and then New Year's celebrations. Today, I would invite you to begin thinking about the year ahead. Let's start by thinking about who we want to be and what we want to do as a community of faith. Let's prayerfully consider how we might continue to deepen our faith and give expression to that faith in a community beyond our walls. Let's pray. O oh God, in Christ you give us hope for a new heaven and a new earth. Grant us wisdom to interpret the signs of our times, courage to seek you in times of change, and faith to witness to your truth and your love. Amen.